Well, it's a new year, but the same wonderful Signet WNBL. Welcome to the first show of 2023. My name is Megan Hustray and joining me today is Tess Madgen from the Boomers. Hello, Tess. Thanks for coming. Hey, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to see you. Are we going to see you on the court soon? Let's not beat around the bush. Yeah, I'm going to play this Wednesday, um, first game of this season, So, but I wouldn't have missed the game this year. <laughs> You've been planning that gag, haven't you? I have been, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great news. Now, we'll talk about um, the massive game this Wednesday. Boomers and Flyers and Monconti from the Flyers will join us a little bit later, so we'll really dig into that big rivalry. But, gee, that's a great way to start the year and your first game of the season. It's a big one to come back in. Yeah, I'm super pumped, obviously. It's been a long time, but I just wanted to make sure my knee was feeling really great um, and the team's playing so well, so there was no point, you know, jeopardising my rehab, um, trying to be a hero and come back early. So I'm feeling super confident um, and ready to go and hoping to um, add, you know, add something else to the team and help us with our successful season so far. So speaking of being a hero, was your last game as captain of Australia (laughs) in the Rose Gold FIBA Women's World Cup? Yes, that was my last (gasps) game. Wow. It's going to be hard to top, but... Boombox against the Flyers this Wednesday. Oh, I think it'll come pretty close. I hope so. <laughs> so when did you actually hurt your knee? Um, oh, it's a long story, but it just swelled up after the New York camp, the last election camp. Um, we don't really know what happened, um, whether it was a reloading thing, whether I heard it there or just training innocuously and didn't realise, but um, the swelling just didn't, wouldn't come out and... You know, so grateful to be able to play at the World mm. Cup um, and be able to contribute uh, with a significantly impacted knee. But um, it's all cleaned out now um, and I'm feeling, you know, it's feeling great um, and ready to go um, to, you know, help the boomers in the second half of this season. We're a few months after the World Cup now. Have you had time to reflect on that experience? You did put up a great um, post on, I think, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve about what the year had been like. But have you had time to reflect on that you know, once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, I have. And I mean, we see fans every week at our games telling us that they were at the World Cup, especially earlier in the season um, and how, you know, how much of a significant impact they had on that had on them as as women, but also their sons and uh, daughters, which is, you know, what we wanted. We wanted to create a momentum. It was a huge responsibility having a home World Cup, but I think everyone really bought into the Opal style of play and the sisterhood and, you know, the great story that we were in our bounce back from the Olympics. And I think that has helped carry through into the WNBA season and um, you know we're seeing record number of crowds in attendance and um, we just want to continue that momentum for basketball in Australia. So how hard has it been to sit out and watch although you have been assistant coach a few (laughs) times and I did chat to you after one of the games on ESPN you had the highest pants I've ever seen you wear they were it was very much a coaching uniform you were filling in for Christy Harrower Um, has that been good because I imagine you'd be a restless spectator so has it been good to have sort of a job to focus on during games? Absolutely yeah you know me too well so yeah it has been good to be able to try and help impact the game in some way. Um, Christy and Chris do an amazing job um, coaching. I have a newfound respect for coaches being up that end of the bench. Um, I think for me, you know, IQ is one of my strengths of the game, but I find that a lot easier when I'm involved in the play and mm. on the court and can read it. It's completely different sitting on the bench. Um, so yeah, that game, the first game we played Townsville at home when I had to be assistant coach, I felt an enormous responsibility. I was so nervous, um, but Chris had it under control. So yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a problem. The only thing I thought was 
you know, I love a prop and you didn't have like a clipboard or something. I feel like if you're ever back in this situation, you need a clipboard to go with those pants. Absolutely. I'll, I'll add that to the list. Yeah, yeah, but I'm glad those pants have been hung up in the wardrobe <laughs> and you're back in the playing kit. Now, we're just chatting before we started about last time you played Southside, so the first leg of the Michelle Timms Cup, and that was your last and only loss of the season. So how do you sum up the Boomers' form today? Obviously, a game clear at the top of the ladder now. Um, they've been without you for all of it, which makes it even more incredible, um, also without Lily Carmody. So yeah. um, what, what's been the key to this incredible start with so many changes? I think, um, you know, it's been a different player every game. Kayla's leadership's been exceptional when the team needs, you know, big plays or big buckets. She's always coming through, especially in the last quarters, like from the as many games as I can remember when it's been a tight situation. She just made a huge play. And then we see Mia step up with 34 points when Tiff was also out. Um, Wally's had an incredible start to the season and I think she really suits Chris's style of play. It's quick, so does Tiff. Um, and, yeah, with Christy, Wally, I can't believe I just called her Christy. I know, who is Wally? <laughs> you know, she really leads ahead of the snake. She pushes the tempo. She plays really tough D and I think it just, you know, kind of fires everyone else up and yeah. um, everyone's just really been able to shine um, under Chris's leadership, which has been great. And in the last, you know, month or so, I think Liv um, has really stepped up as well yes. and is a huge post presence inside. Now it was so good seeing her take it, you know, to the Townsville Bigs without hesitation um, in the game. So... All the we're coming. All the pieces are fitting together really nicely, and I think um, when we can add, hopefully, me back into the mix, we can look to be a bit more aggressive defensively. Um, we should be able to get you know a few more minutes rest into the into everyone, and um, really look to hone in on the defensive side of things. And then what about Millie Goodchild? Because she's come in and just seamlessly mm-hmm. come onto the floor for the Boomers. She's hit some massive shots, like. That's a testament to the program and the club, but to her, obviously, and her IQ and maturity to come in and be able to just have an instant impact in a group that, you know, she didn't do pre-season with you guys or anything. Yeah, it was incredible just seeing her come in, even at training, how much she positively impacted the group at training. She came in fit, ready. Um, You could tell she'd been working, just waiting for an opportunity, really. Um, And yeah, that's a testament to her how seamlessly she was able to fit in and and make a positive impact at training and then everyone's been able to see that now um, with her performances in games so you know you'd never have to get ready as long as you stay ready and that's I think (laughs) what Mila has definitely done in um, waiting for her opportunity so credit to her. Oh Tessie we can always come to you for a great (laughs) inspirational quote about being ready. Now you are in a great fit today representing She Hoops and it is school holidays and um, there's lots of WNBL to get to. I'm sure everyone's seen um, the ad about getting to games this school holidays but you are running a program. It's not just a program, it's a masterclass. It's Matchin's Masterclass. (laughs) Be coached by the Australian Opals captain. Um, This is an online program so anyone anywhere can join in. Tell us about it. Yeah, LJ um, approached me like straight after the World Cup to do something with She Hoops and I couldn't wait to be involved. I'd seen, you know, I'd done a couple of online um, Q&As with you during the World Cup and I just think it's an amazing initiative that Lauren has come up with and I could I jumped at the bit. I couldn't wait and I was honoured, you know, to be given such a task. But um I think as a professional athlete, one of our jobs is to give back to the game that has given us so much. So, you know, I love being able to coach um, young players and teach them something new and see that light, you know, shine on their face. Um, 
So, yeah, we'll be doing it. It runs for six weeks starting uh, next January the 9th mm-hmm. um, and it'll be 45 minutes to an hour of skills, mobility exercises and then, you know, any questions they want to ask me um, for the last 10 minutes or so. So we really want um, young basketballers to come back into the season ready to go and uh, feeling good about themselves and hopefully learn something new um, in those six weeks. What a great opportunity. It's free. It's accessible. Mm-hmm. You get to learn and ask questions from the Australian Opals captain. I love that these are the opportunities that She Hoops is bringing for women and girls from grassroots you know, to the elite from little tackers right through to, you know, us old birds. So <laughs> it's great. Um, what kind of things will you be – do you have themed sessions over the weeks? Yeah, so we'll – I'll be doing like a, the the main skills every mm. session, so passing, dribbling, shooting, and then we'll do some defensive footwork stuff. So it will definitely progress from week one all the way through to week six, but you will be able to join at any time as well. So And is there an age group? No. So oh. it's, yeah, open age. That's great. I'm sure it is because anyone can join. I'll Absolutely. probably join just to watch and and learn a few things. That's awesome, Tess. We've got a massive week yeah. coming up, back on court. Imagine's Masterclass coming to She Hoops. We love to see it. Uh, we are going to get into a wrap shortly of the round that was the final round of 2022. And then we are going to talk to our guest today on the show, Monique Conti, and we're going to look ahead to a massive Round nine of action in WNBL 23. Tess, let's take a look back now to last year, round eight. (laughs) It all happened before um, New Year, but we go back, go way back to last Wednesday when we had a double header to kick off round eight. It started with Southside and the Caps, Southside winning 76 to 54. Um, It was kind of an adjust your screens moment because uh, Canberra were, well, they weren't the Canberra Raiders. They were the Knox Raiders um, in Bumble Bee Yellow after bringing the wrong strip. So that kind of didn't get things off on the right foot for the Caps. No, it didn't. But, um, you know, it was great to see Shanice Swain. I think she's definitely up and coming talent, if not already a star of this league. So it was awesome to see her do her thing. And um, I think they've had a lot of adversity to the start of this season, but I think Jade Melbourne is just you know, really showing her stripes as a terrific young leader. And I think, um, you know, I'm loving seeing what she's doing in a leadership aspect as well as taking ownership of the team on the court. So Shanice Wayne continues to be one of the stories of the season, finds herself in the starting lineup when Gemma and Jade were injured early on. She's maintained that spot, 22 points. So she was the leading scorer in the game, um, in the loss to Southside. Sarah Blitzarves in game 250 um, had 14 points. She sat here last week and told us, oh, I don't want a big deal. It was a big deal and it's what she deserves. So well done, Blicky. Uh, absolutely. She deserves nothing less. She's a star of the league and just a superstar person. Yeah. So she deserved it. Well, a bit of news surrounded the second game of the day in Adelaide where Bendigo got the win over Adelaide 78-66. to 66. No imports for the Lightning. So Jay Munro was out with a rolled ankle, which she sustained during the overtime loss to Melbourne. Kirsten Bell didn't play and we found out 24 hours later that her and the Lightning have parted ways. So that's um, disappointing for both parties. Um, the second import to go out of this league this season too. Um, but it brought opportunity and good news with Izzy Borlase earning her first career start in the WNBL and as a proud South Australian Tess, you'd be so happy to see her flourishing. Yeah, she's had an incredible start to her WNBL career. So 
I think, you know, she could have been in the starting lineup a lot earlier. So adversity always breeds opportunity for someone else. So I'm super excited for her. She definitely deserves it. And I think she'll add a lot defensively to that starting five as well as getting out looking to run and mm. her and Steph Talbot running the lanes is is a nightmare to guard. We found that out um, both times we've played mm. Adelaide this season. So super happy for her and I think, she, you know, she'll just continue to shine throughout the rest of the season. Want to give some love to Ella Badish as well who started um, in the absence of Munro and did a really good job. So I really like seeing the opportunities that are being presented to some of our great young talents. Steph Talbot, 21-10 and 6 in the defeat for Bendigo. So fitting that on the home floor where Rachel Spawn carved out an incredible WNBL career as the leading rebounder in the history of the competition and uh, the, the history record holder for most rebounds in a game with 27. Annalie had 24 on that court and 19 points. 24 rebounds. That is incredible in this league, Tess. It is. It's absolutely incredible. When I was looking at the box score, I thought I had the points and the um, <laughs> rebounds mixed around. Too far? Yeah. And then I saw it was Annalie and I said, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely uh, correct. But um, Annalie is relentless mm. on rebounds. Like you cannot match her relentlessness. She just is moving the whole time, the whole game. Having to defend her at Opal's camps, so I was just exhausted afterwards. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm not surprised. But it is, and like I don't think people understand mm. how enormous 24 rebounds is. It's hard to get 24 points, let alone rebounds. So huge credit to her, and um, really looking t- uh, forward to matching up against Annalie this Sunday because it is always a tough, a tough battle, no yeah. matter, you know how well your team's going, it's going to be tough playing Annalie no matter what. You'll need a few early nights before before <laughs> that game. But it is incredible, I think, because she has such high standards and high numbers in terms of the boards. Like 24 points for her in, say, NBL 1, which is obviously a lower level, is like a quiet night because she's been putting up ridiculous numbers everywhere she plays. So we cannot praise enough that defensive performance. Um, Kelsey Griffin, a 15 and 11, double-double. Uh, Alex Wilson had 15 points on fire in the first half and Alicia Froling continues her good form another getting an opportunity in a starting spot 11 and 9. Let's move on to Sydney and the Caps now and Sydney made it three wins against Canberra and three wins for the season to date 81 to 70 winners. Shyla Hill continued her good form 26.7 assists six rebounds a double double for Keely Froling. Um, we talk about young leaders Keely's led Sydney superbly this season only had three wins as we said but she's basically had a double double every week. Yeah, she has, and she's um, scoring the ball really efficiently this season. So huge credit to her on working on her outside game. You can definitely tell that you know she's stroking the three ball really nicely, which is helping her get into the keyway as well. And then you know we can see Shyla really starting to hit some form now. She had a very interrupted preseason um, with some health issues, having glandular fever and COVID. But you can see the last couple of weeks she's playing really well and um, also helping Keely lead the mm. team. Shanice Swain, 21 points, continued a great weekend. So 22 and 21 in a pair of losses. You know, that's a great effort by Shanice. Um, Ray Burrell, 15 points. Nicole Munger, 13 points. I could talk about Nicole Munger, you know, talking about opportunities every week. I just love her doing her thing, making the most of her opportunities at Canberra. Let's move on to Perth and Adelaide now. 10-point margin in this one, 82 to 72 winners were the links. Chloe Bibby, another that's come back into the league after some time away, 25 points. Nine rebounds got her in the team of the week. Um, And you've had a look at her twice because um, you've played in Perth twice. Yes. Unfortunately, I wasn't there, but I also played against her in NBL1, so she can really shoot the ball. She's a great shooter. Um, 
you know, as best as they do it in the league, really. And then having her and Sammy and Lauren, who can all shoot the ball, um, really stretches teams out. And it was, you know, good to see Perth um, get a win against the quality team and um, play that really exciting offensive style that's great for fans to mm. watch. The Bendat Princess, as I've named her, Lauren Scher, 14 rebounds, 11 points and eight assists. Um, Kayla George areas after Kayla um, notched the first triple-double in 10 years last week. Scherf is flirting around there too. We see you, Lauren Scherf, out there way way out in the West. So we're keeping an eye on your numbers. Um, for Adelaide, Jay Munro straight back into the team, 23 and 10. Steph Talbot, 12 and 10. Um, she's missed consistency, isn't she, Stelbert? Yeah, she's a nightmare to guard. She can do it all. She can shoot the three. She gets out in offense and and runs the floor really well, pushes a tempo um, and then can put smaller guards in the post. So, you know, every time you match up against Adelaide, you know, you really have to shut down Steph to have any chance to win the game, but she's pretty hard to shut down. And then the fireworks were in Townsville on New Year's Eve and it was Melbourne who spoiled the party, 86 to 76 victors. Now, Tess, your Melbourne Boomers are the fastest finishers in the comp because you've had some, I wouldn't say slow starts, but there's been games where you've been down at halftime. But my God, I don't know what happens at halftime because you come out of the blocks and led by Kayla George, who was like the thoroughbred horse coming down the home straight at Flemington, coming home absolutely barnstorming. And that was the theme again. Um, Kayla hit some form and, and helped lead you guys to victory. Yeah, she's been incredible in the, you know, for the whole game, but definitely in the second half when when the team needs it, she makes massive plays time and time again, week after week. So um, her leadership has been exceptional this year and, and it's great to see, but we would like to start getting better starts. Mm. Um, we know, you know, that's going to bite us sooner or later. So that's been one of the focuses and will continue to be a focus until we can really get that under control. Because they haven't been slow. I guess they've been slow, but like you haven't been playing badly, yeah, if that well, makes sense. When I say slow, I don't mean it in a negative sense, but it's more that you sort of get get back in the game and then you storm home. Yeah, I mean, but we have had games where we've been down by 15 points, 12 points, and, um, you know, we know that's not good enough. So we really want to make the game a bit easier for us. Um, and I think it comes down to defence, mm. starting really well defensively. We're kind of letting, taking a whole half to get into the game that way. Um, I think offensively, you know, we're good no matter what we're doing. Um, we have a really good system in place. So we just need a stronger focus on defence at the beginning of our games. Plus, it's exhausting having to come back all the time. Absolutely. Um, the character of the group, it's really positive mm. that we are able to stick together and grind out those wins, but um, I think it's going to give Chris a heart attack sooner or later. <laughs> we don't want that for um, CJ, as uh, we now know him as on the WNBL show. Um, back like she never left, Tiff Mitchell, 22-5-4, and four, missed the past two games with a wrist injury. Well, it was like she was never injured. She is incredible. Guarding her at practice is an absolute nightmare. So um, I'm actually looking forward to a game where I can uh, match up on someone else. But um, no, nah, she's incredible. She works super hard and, you know, you can see that with the way she plays and the way she's playing this season. Wally, 18, 7 and 3 and then Kayla, 16, 5 and 8. Can't read my writing. Something like that. Near a triple again. Yeah. Standard for Kayla. Yeah. Wally had... Christy. <laughs> Wally has uh, that third quarter. She really um, led the tempo for us, made some big jump shots. Her jump shot, I think, is unguardable because um, she's so good at getting on the ring. So it really opens that up for it, for her. And then, like I said before, Kayla's second halves this season have just been outstanding. So would expect nothing less. 
Love that. Love that for you, Tess. Uh, Round eight, one and done. Let's take a look at round nine and welcome in this week's very special guest. Well, it's one of the biggest rivalries in the Signet WNBL. It's the Boomers and the Flyers in the Michelle Timms Cup. It's coming up leg two this Wednesday night at the Boombox. Of course, you can watch it on ESPN and KO. Tess is here, of course, joining us on the WNBL show today as we welcome in from the Southside Flyers their hmm, early season recruit, Mon Conti. Hello, Monique Conti. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. It's great to see you. Now, um, you weren't suiting up last time these teams played in round two, so it's been been a little while since you played the Crosstown Rivals. Yeah, it's been a minute, hasn't it? Um, yeah, sort of came in last minute, but um, yeah, I'm really excited for the rivalry. Uh, obviously, playing for Boomers a couple of seasons ago will be really interesting, but I'm I'm excited. Tell us about the rivalry, guys, because Tess, the Michelle Timms Cup started in 2005 and back then it was the Bulleen Boomers and the Dandenong Rangers and both teams have sort of had facelifts, I guess, over time but continued this great tradition. Um, You've been part of some really memorable wins against the arch rival being part of Bulleen and now Melbourne Boomers. Is the rivalry real? Is it all all it's built up to be? I think it is. I mean, we, both clubs do a great job um, of recruiting very talented, high-quality people. So I think whenever you have two successful clubs, there's always going to be a rivalry. And, you know, considering we're only 20 minutes down the highway from one another, it just really adds <laughs> to that. So it is, um, it's always a big game. It always feels like a, you know, like a grand final and especially Southside have one up on us this season. So you know, we definitely want to tie it, tie it on Wednesday and go one-one. But um, Sarah Sarah Blitzels was talking up the big game last um, on the last WNBL show how they were sick of hearing about Bendigo being undefeated and then they beat them. And um, we haven't lost the game since we played Southside last week, so I know they're going to be out hunting, um, ready, and I'm really excited for it. I love that, especially that Tess was watching last week. <laughs> now. Mon, you played for the Flyers in their championship hub season up in Townsville. So you would have played Boomers then. And then obviously you played for Melbourne a few years prior to that. Look at the eyes moving in motion while... <laughs> I'm just thinking, I was like, when did I? Yeah. <laughs> so Flyers play out of the State Basketball Centre now, which is where you represented the Boomers. Is that a bit weird with the change rooms and everything? <laughs> Bit of PTSD. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, it's um, it's quite interesting. Obviously, I thought we were going to be based out of Dandenong, then I realised we're at the State Basketball Centre. So it brings back some good memories. Um, when I was with the Boomers, I think I was there for about four and a bit years. So brings back some good memories, but different colours now. So, yeah. Now, uh, speaking of good memories, I've been harping on about it for the last few weeks, but we, we'd been talking about Townsville and Melbourne playing in that New Year's game. Now, do you remember playing in that game when I think you were still in high school and we did a story together about how you're on this road trip over, you know, school holidays and playing on New Year's Eve? Do you remember that? I do. I think that was my first season in the league. I, uh, yeah, well, everybody went out or something like that, obviously, um, before COVID existed. Um, and everyone went and hit the town um, and celebrated New Year's and I was in the hotel with, uh, Jenny James, the team manager, and the coaching staff, and one of the other players, shout out to Casey Burton, she stayed with me that night. And I guess we just enjoyed New Year's that way. Um, there was no fireworks or anything, it was sort of just in our room, but 
I was underage and, of course, the coaches wouldn't let me go out, so I was sort of supervised. So I think I was about 16 or 17. Oh, Mon, you've come a long way because you're a dual sports superstar now and congratulations on your recent AFLW campaign with Richmond where you've made club history winning the most best and fairest consecutively, um, you know, in the history of the whole entire football club, which is amazing. How how would you describe to us what the experience has been like playing AFLW? First at the Bulldogs where you had great success and now at Richmond where you've become part of the furniture. Um, it's been a really good experience. It's quite interesting being, you know, at a club where, or not at a club, like um, starting at the league where it's sort of, it's fresh. It's still fresh. Um, it, there's a long way to go. You don't know where it's going to be in a year or two. Um, but then to sort of be a part of the journey of AFLW has been very special. And obviously joining a inaugural team back when Richmond came in is also another journey on its own. And it's it's been quite special to be a part of that and to, be involved while the game is evolving as well um, and to just see the growth of not only the league but the talent and the players coming in and everything like that. They've created a really good pathway and, you know, it's it's a job of mine and I wouldn't think in a million years I'd be saying that um, AFLW is my job and it's my, you know, main place of work. So there's still a long way to go but it's, it's definitely special being a part. Um, of Richmond and being a part of the journey um, of AFLW as well. You're being a part of history as it's developing, which is pretty special. Tell us about the opportunity to come and play for the Flyers again this season. Um, I remember seeing uh, I'd been doing the Basketball New South Wales Hall of Fame, was catching an early flight back, grabbed the paper, saw this little snippet about Monique Conti uh, just winning another BNF and suiting up for the Flyers. And I was like, hello, what's happening here? Um, it happened very quickly, didn't it? Tell us about how it unfolded. Yeah, surprise. Um, it was uh, quite random. Um, so I was really interested in, I guess, training with the team and I wasn't sure who with, I wasn't sure what kind of role um, I'd potentially be playing. But I had a call from Cheryl and obviously they had some injuries down there and she asked if I wanted to join in because played with her a couple of seasons ago and um, I guess I was probably one of the players that I guess wasn't in a team already um, that has played before. So, yeah, just had a phone call, had a chat, um, still had to finish my footy season before I really committed to anything, which was why it was such a random and quick process because I was still playing footy and I wanted it to sort of be confirmed um, quite quickly so I could focus on the footy and then the basketball. But, yeah, I had a call, sat down, spoke to her, and I just basically agreed straight away to come down and join and yeah after I think the BNF9 I was at training the next day I didn't train yet but um it was good to just get in quite early and just be around everybody and kind of just sort of straight in and it was just down to business so it went really fast. Tell us about the environment Southside have created where you were part of that hub season and then this situation arises and it's somewhere you want to go back to play and um go straight from one sport to another season. Yeah, I guess for me, it was a no-brainer. I really enjoyed my season in the hub and I really enjoyed Southside as a club. So, yeah, when I got the call, I was sort of, yeah, it wasn't hard to say yes. It wasn't a difficult decision as such. But, yeah, um, I think Cheryl's a great coach and obviously I know basically all of the girls already. So that um, is what sort of made it easier as well. 
when you're coming into a team and you're already, I guess, friends with and you know most of the girls, it's, yeah, it makes things a lot easier. So, yeah, Southside's got a great environment and a great club and, yeah, it's something that I'm familiar with as well. Mine, you've had a really seamless transition from the AFL W season into the Signet WNBL season. How have you found it? Because you've definitely added something to the team. Um, you know, you're a real impact off the bench. The team plays, you know, super quick. It's really seamless between you and Maddie. How have you found the transition? And were you shooting hoops during AFL W season? Thank you. Um, yeah, honestly, it was. I hadn't been shooting a lot of hoops before I was sort of in talks with shares. So um, I kind of had a break from basketball for a little bit. Obviously played NBL one, but focused solely on my football. And then when I knew I'd probably, um, you know, be coming in, I started to get lots and lots of shots up, uh, but nothing too crazy, obviously just to find my rhythm again and everything like that. And at training, we get heaps of shots up anyway. So it kind of just came with it. I'm still trying to get that muscle memory back, but I guess, yeah, what I bring to the team is something that's, you know, not too difficult for me, which is yeah, just to be quick, being annoying on defense. And if my shot comes, it comes, but I'm not really out there for that. So it's sort of just been um, coming in and focusing on something that I've been doing my whole basketball career, which is, yeah, what I just mentioned before. So that's why it was sort of a bit easier this time. So, Mon, in 2022, you've played two AFLW seasons, an NBL1 campaign, and you began a WNBL season. Do you ever get tired? <laughs> well, um, I would. Uh, everyone gets tired. I love my sleep. But um, I've sort of been go, go, go forever, and I know um, it's important to rest your body and, and have some time, but I'm also being monitored by both clubs um, with my body and making sure that I'm not doing too much um, all the time. Um, I'm having my load managed and everything like that. And we've got a bit of a break until the footy season starts again, until footy pre-season starts. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of basketball for now and then I'll have a little bit of a break before the pre-season. But, yeah, I do get tired, but it's nothing that I guess I'm not used to and I do have to probably be a bit more careful of that when I do get older. But you know, you're only young once, right? <laughs> so. Bernie Conti will sleep while she's dead um, and she's got plenty, <laughs> plenty of life left in this dual athlete body. Um, Mon, thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us today. We're um, going to continue on our preview of this round, but before we let you go, can you tell us why Southside will beat Melbourne Boomers in the Michelle Timms Cup on Wednesday night? Um, it's going to be a great battle. And may the best team win. It's going to be a great challenge and I'm really excited. Uh, it sounds like you played a straight bat there, Monique, so uh, I'm not ruling cricket out either. Um, <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the show. You are a superstar. Not players. <laughs> We're very lucky to have you in the Signet WNBL once again and uh, we'll see you Wednesday night at the Boombox. Thank you. See you then. Well, Tess, great to chat to Mon. Finish by asking her why Southside are going to win. So we have to ask you, why are the Boomers going to beat Southside? Oh, good question. But I think, you know, since last time we played them, we've definitely improved a lot. Um, we're a lot more sync offensively and defensively. Um, and I would really hate to come back and lose. So uh, <laughs> we'll be, uh, I'll be doing anything I can to win that game. <laughs> Been a while between losses too. I mean, France... Oh, it's not going to happen. But that was you actually answered the question. Mon didn't answer the question. 
Yeah, love mod. She, she answered it very, very politically correctly. No, it was, and we're not here for that here on this, in the WNBL show. But the matchups are tantalising and they are every week in the league. But, gee, there's some great ones between imports. You know, Tiff Mitchell, Liv's been doing great the last few weeks. Kayla Thornton's been, you know, on fire really for Southside since round one. The guards, the bigs, the benches, like it's... Absolutely. It's, it's going so to be, good. It is going to be a great matchup. I think it will have a real finals feel to it. So, um, you know, what a great game to come back to and hopefully we can sell out the boom box. Now, I wanted to ask you too about the rivalry because I remember when you were playing for the Boomers in um, the first chapter of your time with the club. And I'm trying to think, I reckon it was maybe 14, 15 when Dandenong had that mm-hmm. star-studded team and they had Penny, Cappy, Jenna, Alice, um, and you beat them. Like mm-hmm. and Kath McLeod. Kath McLeod. Yeah, I remember interviewing you after that and we had a pic of you guys in the rooms all celebrating because it was an epic win. And I think they were probably up the higher end of the ladder and perhaps the boomers weren't at that time. But um, it just goes to show it doesn't matter where the sides are on the ladder because it's always like such a good game. Upsets happen and that was a great, you know, I'm sure one of the great, wins over the rival. Yeah, and we had another game um, in that stint as well where I um, made a shot on the buzzer to win the game as well. Oh, so I love a good crosstown rival. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was an incredible win. I remember that um, very vividly. I think, you know, Dandenong back then, they were top of the ladder and we were vying for a spot in the yeah. playoffs and it was towards the end of the season. So, And was that – did you end up missing out, like, just on percentage or yes, something? Yes, it, it came to down to the very last round yeah. of the season and we missed out. Oh. So. Oh, sweet WNBL memories. Well, we can't wait for Wednesday. Um, get your tickets. It is at the Boombox in Parkville. Um, if you can't get to the game, of course, it's live on ESPN and KO from 5.30 uh, local time. Let's have a look at the round um, that continues after that Thursday night action. We've got Adelaide and Townsville. Townsville are on the road this weekend with two big games. We know Adelaide um, lost their double last week. How do you see this one unfolding. Townsville obviously coming off a, a defeat to you guys on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I think they will be looking to prove a point this weekend, but I'm also super excited to see Borlays in the starting five for Adelaide. I think, um, you know, she deserves to be in that starting five. She's a great offensive player as well as defensive. So I think she can really add something there. And, you know, if they get off to a good start, anything can happen. But I think Townsville will be coming out really looking mm. to prove a point. I think Townsville in that one as we move on to Friday night action now and another top four clash which will get us excited to start 2023 and at Southside and Bendigo. Last time they played Southside snapped Bendigo's undefeated run. Bendigo have had a little bit of a spell after winning last week in Adelaide. Southside played two days after playing you guys. This one is going to be hot, hot, hot too. Yeah, I'm super excited to see how Bendigo respond to last time they played Southside, but I hope it's a really tough game that goes into overtime because we have to play (laughs) Bendigo on Sunday. So um, the harder that game is, the better it will be for us. Um, And then we look now at the Caps and the Fire. So we know that the Caps finished the year off winless. Unfortunately for them, the Fire head back home with a game in the nation's capital on the way back. Can Canberra get their first win of the season? I would love to see it. Um, I, I think it will depend how towns will go against Adelaide. If they're, you know, if it's a close game, I think the game in Canberra will be, you know, definitely a gettable game for them. Uh, two games on the road. I've played in Townsville before. Travelling is 
tough, especially when you're going from city to city. So it's definitely a gettable game for Canberra if they can come out and, you know, Shanice Swain mm. keeps performing like she does and Jade has a good game, I think they can definitely get it. Schwagmeyer Belger too into that lineup um, after suiting up last week, which is good news for the Caps. Perth and Sydney. Uh, Perth had a win to finish the year. So did Sydney having swept Canberra um, 3-0 in December. Um, who wins this one? Oh, it's going to be a tough game, but I reckon Perth will will get up in that one. But I, again, I think it's going to be a really close game. They've improved, haven't they, a lot since you guys played them in round one and got the win over there in Perth. They've dev- definitely improved with this new look side. Yeah, definitely. I think it was always going to take, you know, a couple of rounds for them to really gel together. They do have three new players and the players that they've lost were significant scorers. So I think once they all got on the same page offensively, um, you know, Ryan coaches a really exciting offensive style and I think that's starting to show now. And then if we had a drum roll, we would insert it here because we finished the round with Bendigo and Melbourne head-to-head for the first time this season. Tess Madgen's face is lighting up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) You must be excited to play Bendigo. Test yourselves. They will test themselves against you guys. My goodness, who knows what will happen here? Yeah, they play super tough um, and I love, you know, that's how I play. So I'm super excited to play against them and um, test, you know, how tough our side really is. I think we're definitely up to the task, but we're going to have to match their level of physicality and their toughness and their relentless pursuit for the offensive rebounds um, led by, obviously, Annalie and Kelsey Griffin. So we talk about rivalries. It's been a theme in today's episode. Is there a rivalry between Melbourne and Bendigo? Like you've played for... Both teams, Bendigo um, were on the cusp of the four last season and knocked you off a couple of times. Melbourne's had memorable wins in Bendigo too. Like, is that a rivalry as well? I think so. I mean, definitely last year they were our bogey team. They mm. beat us two times. Um, we weren't, you know, if that was a final series, they would have beaten us. So um, we'll definitely be looking for redemption this season, but the Bendigo team is a whole new look and so are we. Mm. So um, I just love any. Victorian rivalry. I think it sets up for a great match no matter um, how the two teams are positioned. But this season we're seeing three top four teams um, in Victoria. So every single one of those matchups is going to be a tough one. And they all play this round. It's going to be a hell of a round of the Signet WNBL. Tess, thanks so much for stopping in today. Where can people register for the Magin Masterclass? Um, head to shehoops.com.au uh, to register and remember that it is free. So please sign up, you know, for one week or for all six weeks. Tell your friends, tell your friends, friends, tell your neighbours. We'll see you next week on the WNBL show. We'll see you Monday night, Tess. We'll also see you Wednesday when you come back for the Boomers. So we'll see you everywhere over the next week. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me.